I am not going to sit in my in my rocking chair reminiscing about that one wonderful day at work. And today, they put me in the old folks' home. I can sit there and I can think of watching the sunset in South Africa and listening to the baboons fight behind me. I can tell them about standing in Tajikistan and watching that sunset or that sunrise over the Afghanistan mountains. In my mind, I'll remember standing in the boreal forest in Alberta, Canada with my son and watching the sunset across that. Rolling Bones Outdoors presents Hunt the World. Ever thought about going on that hunting adventure of a lifetime? Do you want to take your hunting skills to the next level? Maybe you needed some advice or a new challenge. This podcast will be for you. Thank you for joining us today for this episode of Hunt the World with Rolling Bones Outdoors. Because I was just told that I read that off all the time. And I don't know what, I, I, I don't even understand what that rhetoric was all about. But welcome to the Bone Cave. We appreciate everybody tuning in today. And uh, I got to tell you something, Bleep. Bleep's oh, to my that? left. I've listened to more podcasts this week than I have in my entire life. No kidding. Is no it kidding. that week? It's that one week. National Podcast Week. And you know what I found out about National Podcast Week? <laughs> What's that? I found my limit of how many I'm going to listen to. It oh, there you go. We, anyway, we were just con- a quota. concerned with you reading off the teleprompter. We don't want you to say, end of quote, <laughs> quote repeat, repeat the line. <laughs> end of listen quote. Listen to me. For God's right. sakes, what's the guy on, uh, um, uh, I, I can't even think of him now. Uh, oh. What can I help you with? <laughs> the the guy that they say uh oh freaking uh the actor on that show animal vegetable mineral <laughs> yeah exactly him i'll think of it in a second no on weatherman or state what oh, oh yeah yeah Ron 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 thank you i told you not to put it in the quotes he'll, he'll read, read everything he sees on the teleprompter uh, right I, you know what guys let's not digress because i think joe biden's doing a hell of a job <laughs> Okay. No, if yeah, your mission is to fuck it all up, he's doing a heck of a job. Did I just say that? Out yeah, loud? you got to. You need to bleep that. You got. I got gotcha. you. You got to self bleep it if you're gonna do. You're I usually better. I usually better job <laughs> self bleep it. Okay. Anyway, packing a lot of momentum here. I am. I'm. I'm. I am. So well, we can tell to, across tell the table. We have three ninety three, uh, Brad Dana. This is gonna be fun, and we have a special guest in house. All live with us, Ryan Martin, not to be confused with Brian Martin. We're not going to talk about <laughs> any, right, right. any straps today yeah. or ons today. <laughs> no. Thanks no. for not being yeah. confused about being a okay. Brian. Yeah, Ryan. yeah. Just a Ryan with an R, not a Brian with just an R. Just enough. Just <laughs> so enough. I will tell you, though, if you're listening right now, you need to go to Ryan Martin's Instagram page, okay? And I'll give you his handle Ryan right Martin now. Ryan Martin Gone Hunting, right? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Ryan okay. Martin. I wanted to say it right. It's Ryan underscore Martin underscore gone underscore hunting. And um, this might be one of the most genuine family men, hunting enthusiast, crazy dudes we have met. And I think the podcast, how'd you hear about us, Ryan? Well, first of all, welcome to the Bone Cave. Oh, yeah. Great to be here. You bet. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really know how. I think I just stumbled upon you. I think I took it upon myself to maybe start listening to a hunting podcast one day, and I just fumbled around on my phone, and I just found it. And I found, you know, about four or five of them. And this one right here just, I mean, we, I just, uh, this one right here was it. 
you enjoyed it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, good. I'm I'm glad I'm glad you, heard you said it was it. <laughs> thanks, I was like, thanks for qualifying. Okay, yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was concerned for a second. No, I'm I'm uh, honestly, but uh, I love I love your Instagram page. I love uh, you, Sharon. And uh, the funny thing about my Instagram page was my wife and my daughters got me Instagram. And they said, "Oh, you'll love it. You'll love it, Dad." There's, yeah, be there's careful. Stuff. You had a lot of weird commercial. They made up. Stuff, the, huh? the, yeah. Oh, yeah. They made up the name and everything. I didn't even know what it was called for probably a year. I kept on calling it Pictogram. You know. So. <laughs> well, it kind of is. For well, us. I, I thought. Well, that's it. How, how old are you? Forty-nine. You're forty-nine, so it is kind of Pictogram <laughs> yeah. for us because I like it better than Facebook because it's just pictures. Yeah, that's all caption. I need. Is just pictures. Yeah. I don't need to read anything. <laughs> I don't either. It's really good. So anyway, I thought it was. Uh, um, so we have you here in the pot or in the Bone Cave today, and uh, we're excited about doing the podcast. We're going to talk about um, when, what, and how you decided to start living your adventure life. Sure, right. You because I, I think you got a great story, and we, we've obviously came to know each other, and uh, we were talking the other day, and I was like, dude, we need to have you on a podcast because I think mm-hmm. it's just it, it's there's so many Ryan Martins out mm-hmm. there in the world. And, I, you know, obviously. Well, I'm, first we probably need a little background, right? Yeah, and I'll let you give us that. Would you like to give us your background? Yeah, yeah. Just, you I'm went w- to school. You were a poor child. Yeah. You grew up, no, anyway. I was born. I grew up. I, I grew up in a small town in southwest Kansas called Hugoton, Kansas, and I grew grew up in an extremely blue collar, hard working family. That that uh, I mean, that's just kind of what you did on your day off was you worked again, and uh, that's I, I took a liking into hunting as a child and I didn't come from a hunting family and uh, I, I come I took on a liking for hunting and I, I really don't know what fueled me into that but it was a passion deluxe and uh, if I could sit in the floor as a as a you know a, a you know fifth sixth grader and read Peterson hunting or or field and stream and I would you know I don't care who the author was I don't care if it was you know uh, Craig Boddington or whoever I'd sit there and just read them and just fantasize and dream one day I'm going to do that and uh, it uh, that that's kind of where I'm at uh, still live in that small town still have the same hunting desire uh, I'm a John Deere salesman in a neighboring town in uh, Liberal Kansas. And uh, that uh, that that keeps name me going. Is liberal, liberal Kansas. Kansas. Liberal yep. Kansas. So my brother, um, out of uh, college, moved to Garden City, Kansas. Yeah, right, right. And uh, um, and so on our honeymoon, Lindley and I came to the Black Hills. Mm-hmm. Then we went down to Estes Park and did the Colorado Mountain Tour. Oh yeah. And then we ended up in Southern Colorado. Mm-hmm. So we said, hey, let's just go over and see my brother. Mm-hmm. And I'd never seen such uh, um, a land of nothing. Oh yeah, yeah. You you can watch your dog <laughs> run away for three days down there, no problem. <laughs> so hold on, is it H U G O T O N Kansas? Yes, that's it. Yep. And so, uh, just so everybody knows, it's got an elevation of three thousand one hundred fourteen yep. feet. Its area is two point oh eight miles. It's about the same size. It's actually, a little bigger bigger than the town I grew up in, in Denver, Iowa. Um, and it is population 4,274 in the local time right there. Right it, now that's uh, actually more than I even thought it was there. Yeah, that's, population. Pretty, that's pretty cool. Wow. Was at one time 
noted as the natural gas capital of the world, and that is gas that you, you know, natural gas from the earth. Well, this can't be far from Texas. It's got to be like a mile or oh, something. Oh, no, you know, we're right in the edge. I can, you know, we're um, 10 miles from Oklahoma, 40 miles from Colorado, and then you can drive through the Oklahoma panhandle and probably 50 miles from there and, and, and be, be in, in Texas. Texas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so it's Oklahoma. So you're yeah. in Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, cool. Man, that that is uh, um, that is that is pretty cool. Um, your your mayor, you don't need to know who your mayor is, but anyway, I'm just reading on it. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. So um, you grew up in small town South Dakota. I grew up in small town Iowa. You grew up in small town Kansas. Yeah. Yep. Your uh, dad wasn't a hunter. Nope. Your dad no wasn't mm-hmm. a hunter. My dad wasn't a hunter. Right. Right. And that that's something. And and yet it was in us somewhere mm-hmm. because same thing. I can remember being in third fourth grade. And I could not – I mean, my Uncle Phil, if he was going somewhere, dude, I wanted to be in the pickup oh, with yeah. him. I wanted yeah. to go shoot something, yeah. uh, you know, anything, trap something, right. catch something. It was in me. Yeah, I, I was I was kind of like a – as a child, I was kind of like a hyperactive bird dog. If you've ever taken a bird dog out, it's overly hyperactive, a, a, a pup. You know, I, I almost needed a shocking collar on me because I just wanted to go, 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 go. I mean, that was it. I mean, you, nothing slowed me down. I wanted to hunt, you know. And, it, it, you know, they would cancel school for bad weather. And if I could get out of the house some way, and at one time as I got older, fifth, sixth grade, I would take a three-wheeler, put my shotgun in a case, and, I mean, I'd be blowing snow, and I, I would drive down the road a couple miles, and I'd get out, and I'd go to walking and hunting for pheasants right there. You I know? got a collar if we want to try yeah. it out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need it today. I'm kind of old and slowed down. I was thinking we should probably put it on Brad. <laughs> so, and, and then the next time a big animal walks by like 393 inches of screaming yeah, yeah, there we go. yards, we could just go, and, and we ah, and watch him just, just watch. That would be like, actually, because that's what I was dreaming of when that bull, and I was whispering to him, you should shoot this bull, Brad. And he's like, I don't know. I don't think it has that big a body. Um, actually, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to write an article for the next broadsheet. And I got pictures of that you bull yeah. next to a full-size, full-grown steer at the butcher shop. Wow. And we're going to show pictures of it because if I, if I would have bet 10000 bucks that there was no bull that was a 1,000-pound elk, I'd have bet 10000 bucks that day. Because you know how many times people have told me, I shot a bull that weighed 1000 bucks. That's so BS. Mm-hmm. Well, this technically right. didn't weigh 1000 pounds. It yeah. was a little bit more. Yeah, and this thing <laughs> was a giant. And then so so it just it was just overall. What did he age? Did you age ever? Six years old. Six years old. No yeah. kidding. He was just honestly a freaking age. Yeah I, uh, yeah, I was really surprised when I got the age report back. Can you imagine I was seeing fifty? Could you imagine seeing that mass with fifty-four inches of beam walk by you? Oh. And in your mind, could you imagine going? I think I'm gonna walk. Yeah, it. I think I'll let him pass. <laughs> well, yeah. Oh yeah. I, yeah. I, honestly, let's deal. talk about that for a while. But no, we'll, we'll, we're digressing. Um, so, so Hugoton, Kansas. Other than pheasants, what is there to hunt growing up? Growing up at that time, the pheasant and the quail population was just through the roof, and I mean that was I mean we our population would double. For did pheasants. you have a dog? I didn't at that time. So you just you just went. And I just man, I just you worked went. the hard way. Yeah, 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 did it the hard way. Oh, uh, what type of quail? Bob White. Bob White. Yeah. No way. Yep. So you had coveys of Bob White. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. oh yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you hunt uh, birds much anymore? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I still do. do. I've got I've got three bird dogs. Yeah. What and, kind of uh, dogs do you have? Uh, I've got two short hairs and a draw har. <laughs> 
or what yeah. otherwise known no, that's as. That's what we had. We were a kid. Yeah. German well, Shorthair. Yeah. And uh, I've had I've had bird dogs for twenty uh twenty two years now, at least, twenty, wow. twenty three years. I've actually my one of my oldest dogs right now is the fifth generation from my first. Oh, that's dog. cool. And uh, just that's just tremendous dogs. Wow. Uh, the only problem, one thing I don't have right now is we just don't have, we just don't have birds right now. Yeah. I was so going to ask, what has the habitat been like yeah, do you in think the bird it's, it's, populations? Is the cover decimated? Good question. Iowa, where we grew up, yep. if there's yep. a fence line that they can plant a seed of corn, they will. Our, <laughs> you know, Until the, CRP kind of kicked in in the yeah. 80s. The crazy it? thing for us is we had birds, even in a bad year, we still had birds that would compete with South Dakota. I mean, we just had unbelievable birds. Wow. And then in 2011, we went into a drought, and then that was it. And that dropped the population. And 12, we were in a drought. 13, we were in a drought. 14, we, it was a little bit better and we lost our birds we lost a lot of hens and then since then we bounced back out of that drought but i can't tell you why we're not why, why the birds are not bouncing it's back. just not the same as it, it was it, oh no huh yeah. Yeah. you know used to be we could we had a we had a four bird limit and there was a lot of times i could go out just by myself with a couple dogs and uh, leave work you know be out hunting right but you know 45 minutes before it get you know shooting hours were up and i could have my four bird limit Man. you know and wow. you sh- you've shot lots of whitetail yeah, yeah, we have whitetail down there. We have mule deer down yep. there. Uh, both our, our mule deer in that corner are probably not as big as what they are in some of the northern corners of the state, but we do have both. How, yeah. how far are you from the Flint Hills region in that area? Uh, probably th- four hours. Okay, so you're a little ways. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you shot a bunch of birds, mm-hmm. shot it, a bunch of deer. Is yep. it a draw area that you live in? No, not no more. Now, when I was a kid, it was a draw. You know, really? now it's over the counter huh. for residents. Now, I, 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 it's a draw. How far from elk me. from you? Uh, crazy enough, I will tell you a wild story. The Colorado line is 40, 40, 50 miles, and there are elk there, a small herd. But, I mean, we're not talking, you know, it's private ground. It's not anything that you're going to count as huntable elk. So you're, you, you're five hours away from, from elk hunting, you know, maybe four and a half. Yeah, but Nano just sent us pictures today up in northern South Dakota of elk, yeah. bull elk. Yeah, <laughs> and that well, uh, those are the same herd yeah. as yeah. 393, yeah, right? I know. It's just that the, well, even though they're 55, yeah. 60 miles yeah. apart, they just come across there. But, but it wasn't but that long ago there wasn't a huntable. We had a rancher in eastern Montana in the middle of the prairie flat sent us a picture of three bulls. One had a collar on it um, two days ago. Um, so not far from you know Belfouche, South Dakota. Well, I hope so. that bull spread some genetics with <laughs> with yeah. the rest of them because man. Yeah. So 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 you grow up hunting, mm-hmm. yes. um, and then uh, um, how do you get into big game hunting? Because you know, you've hunted all over the yeah, world. Yeah, I yeah I have, and which is kind of you know I you know I just was gun ho to hunt anything, and probably what I want to attribute, what I would definitely attribute, why or how I got to going like my first overseas adventure was my wife and I. We were sitting in the living room one evening, and uh, she, uh, you know, and I can remember it just like it was yesterday, but uh, it's been probably 10 years ago now, but uh, she said we ought to go on a trip for our 20th wedding anniversary. She said, what do you think we ought to do? We ought to go here. We ought to go there. I said, well, let's go on a safari. Well, looking back now, I wasn't serious. I was just being a smart aleck. And and my wife, you know, Misty, she just said, you know, well, yeah, we ought to look into that. I think that'd be fun. You ought to check into that. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, anyway, where did you find her at? You must have found her in. Nebraska oh, she come from a hunting family. Yeah, yeah. No, her. Listen, <laughs> yeah. seriously, no. Shit. She goes to college 
And she says, I'm going to marry that guy. She tells her mom at the college orientation, I saw yeah, a guy. Yeah, that's true. That's going to be my husband. Yeah. And then she actually sought after him. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm wondering, yeah. you know, wow. Anyway, pretty crazy. Yeah. So, uh, you know, probably a month went by. You were kind of a big deal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, that's <laughs> it. I was, I, I was it. <laughs> uh, probably a month goes by, and we were in the same, you know, sitting in the living room, sitting in the same chair, who knows, probably watching the same TV show. And she goes, did you ever check in on that, on, that, on, on, on the safari? And I said, well, no. <laughs> no. She said, why not? I thought you were going to do that. And I said, well, we, we, I can't, we don't want to spend. Well, that's too much money. And probably the most profound statement in of every <laughs> big game, what do I want to say, adventure, you know, overseas, out of the country adventure, I've, I've learned life lessons out of. And probably the one for South Africa was my wife goes, how do you know what it's going to cost? I said, well, it's going to cost, oh, it's going to cost big money. It's, you know, I'm thinking, you know, way above, you know, tens of thousands of dollars. She goes, you don't know until you start checking into it. Well, I start checking into it, and sure, yeah, an African safari could go as high as you want it to go. But uh, what I also did find out is you can keep it in a budget, and you can be. We were grossly under ten thousand dollars, right? And 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 for, so, and it's not. It's, you're not going and shooting one deer. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, it, we went. For, we went for yeah. ten days and shot. I can't even remember nine animals, ten animals. Really goofed around. And, and uh, you know, we, we booked a hunt. You know, we booked it, I, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, we'd pay a little bit here, a little bit there. You know, got our airline tickets ahead of time, went over there, shot, uh, you know, nine animals, and, uh, you know, was back. And, and the whole hunt was, 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 you know, it was well under $10,000. And what was amazing to me out of that deal, you know, was I, if it wouldn't have been for her telling me, you, you just need to check, you don't know. I never would have done it. We never would have went. The end. You right. know, never would have. That's interesting because so we've noticed cost holds people back or fear of the unknown and they need a mentor. Fear. Your mentor yeah. was your wife. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly. a little unusual. <laughs> yeah, High yeah. fives on that. Yeah. Well, I, I wouldn't know about mentor, but his well, advocate for uh, you know, get your dead ass and figure it yeah. out <laughs> well, was your wife. It, what, what's another crazy thing about it is, is that even today. So we got back from that hunt. And, you know, I had one of my really good friends call me. Really good point, Brad. You know, uh, hey, mark that down. We put that in the show notes. Another really good point by Brad. (laughs) We did I say another one? (laughs) I I have to play the tape back. I totally that up. Okay. Um, But uh, we got. Can you bleep that? I can make you say whatever you want, Brad. I mean, you just tell me whatever you want. Hey, that was a really good point for the first time ever, Brad. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry. Well, let, let me say again. Let me repeat the line. <laughs> we'll, the, the, we'll the revise good, the, the good transcript. Point. <laughs> we, we got back from that hunt, and probably what really amazes me today, even today, I even had this happen to me this last week. Uh, I, had a, I, had a, I had a friend call me, and he, he said, well, let's go grab lunch. And we went and grabbed lunch, and uh, we'd been back from, I'd been back from Africa uh, two or three days. We had lunch, and we are walking out of the restaurant, and I can still remember it just like it was yesterday. He kind of looked at me, and he says, hey, okay. I said, so tell me. What that what that what that hunt cost? He says everybody's everybody's you know everybody's talking about it. You think know? they're they're also thinking yeah. you're a big deal. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. I Is mean, because that's not that's not common practice in Southwest Kansas for sure. someone to go to Africa. <laughs> little little town. <laughs> yeah. Little town oh boy no. Went on a big adventure. Oh yeah. And I mean, I caught all sorts of flack from people. And and he's. I said, well, you know, I said, you know, that hunt was. I said probably eighty five hundred dollars. 
And he says, no way. And I said, yeah. He goes, a piece? And I said, no, that was us together. I said, it was 10, do- 10, 10, 10 days. He says, no, you got to be kidding. I said, no, I'm serious. For two he people said, go on a trip of a lifetime. Yeah. Yep. He said, no, we're t- everybody's talking about you spent $25,000, $35,000. I said, what do you think I am, crazy? I said, no, I didn't spend that. And and I think that's what holds back a lot of hunters is False the assumption. appearing real. Fear. Yeah. You're exactly right. It, absolutely. I had a hunter walk into my office this last week, and he stood there, and he looked on the pictures on my wall, and I had a picture of, uh, well, my Ibex hunt. And he looked at that, and he goes, oh, man, that's a high-dollar hunt. And I went, well, no, it wasn't bad. I didn't think it was bad. Yeah, it was like a deer hunt. Yeah. And he goes, oh, yeah, right. He said, I bet that was fifty, sixty thousand dollars 60000 I'm like, oh, my gosh, he must look, I must have an idiot on my head or something. I said, no. I said, you know, I said, really? I thought it was about $7,000 hunt. Yeah. And he said, yeah. no way. And, you know, I don't know till to, you know, he was in my office probably an hour and was talking business. I don't – I'm – I think maybe I'd convinced him by the time he left that that was not, mm. you know, you know, a fifty thousand dollar hunt. So out of curiosity, you had a nine species combo. Yeah. Your first big deal. What'd you? Yeah. What'd you? Uh, plains game for the most part. The very first animal that we shot in South Africa. Ironically, what you will find is totally amazing. No. Brian wants a war dog. I so want a war dog so bad. Uh, I'm, I'm like so cheesy. Oh, no. It was a baboon. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was a baboon. No. And, uh, I know. It, you, oh, man. It, I'm just thinking. Here's what I think check. of every time I think of it. I think of the the, 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 the baboon grabbing its heart and looking at me going, yeah. No, no, it won't. Them's the nastiest, <laughs> most I mean, destructive animals on the face of the earth. Oh, yeah. And you had no remorse shooting them. No, I Even did not. Even though they kind of looked like a. No. No, 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 they the, don't. The last thing you feel when you shoot a baboon is recoil. <laughs> yeah, that was exactly right. Remorse or re- oh, recoil? I got it. All right. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, bleep. Come I on, catch going up. for remorse. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, I was thinking remorse too. <laughs> recoil. We shot that, and I think it was the same day. Misty, my wife, she took a, a really nice Impala. I oh mean, wait, just, time out. She was your mentor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you shot a baboon and she shot an impala, <laughs> yeah. no question. You needed some help yeah, yeah, on how to prioritize yeah, that's, that's your, exactly uh, your right. species selection. She, she kind of beat me on that hunt. She shot a wonderful impala, and uh, we went on the next couple days. Hold on, whoa, whoa, whoa. You shot eight, nine animals, two hunters, you and your wife, and it was 8800 bucks. Yeah, and that, did, yeah. Did everybody hear that? Can yeah. everybody you just go to rollingbones.com yeah. or rollingbones.com right now and give us a call. Well, and that's exactly right. Now, is is 88 is 88 8500 long? Sure. Sure it was and it was for us too at the at the at that time. Yeah. But we I think it probably took us two and a half we booked that hunt and I think it was a little over 2 years just for when we decided to go. But you just subtracted two trips to Deadwood to the, to the gambling. <laughs> yeah, right? well, that's exact, that was exactly right. We was amazing. was probably about the third, fourth day that we were there. I looked at Misty. We were riding around, and, and I said, are you doing okay? Are you, are you liking you, you, you like this? And she just looked at me. She goes, oh, I love it. I'd love to come back again. And I was like, all right. You know, and, you know, you, we realized right then and there, yeah, we could have maybe went and used that money to update a vehicle. Or we could have used that and, you know, to, 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 you know, maybe we wanted to put, you know, new flooring in the house and we was going to put, you know, hand scraped 
walnut flooring in, you know what? Maybe we ain't going to go with the hand-scraped walnut flooring. Maybe we're just going to go with a little bit marginal flooring. Maybe if we updated vehicle, maybe we're we're not going to buy the you know the the Denali or the Escalade. So that was the same way yeah. I looked at it when I got out of um, uh, meat school. Yeah. I said my buddies were all buying houses and new four-wheel four yeah. pickups. I was like, I'm going to buy a used pickup. I'm going to start making payments yes. to, to Club Shambo to go caribou hunting. Yeah. I'm going to start making payments to Gary Simon Outfitting to go to a black bear hunt. You know what I'm saying? Well, I, I was like, I was ready to go do that. Does the, that make sense? The, yeah. the I don't same, think either one of those companies are The in same people that will tell Club me. Club Shambo. You yeah. just threw that out there because it sounds sophisticated. <laughs> no, uh, bullshit. It was, it was a, it was a, uh, um, it it's was. It's a brand, it's a brand no, of champagne. Come on. Let's get real. You're so, you're yeah, such that good. It's like, like why some sort of why? $3 what, wine. What is he even talking about? No, that's not three dollars. It probably was three dollar wine. <laughs> <laughs> the name of the the name of the hunting thing was. Uh, um, I'm gonna look. Schwamigan National Forest. Let's just make. Oh my make God! Names. So so I used some names from back in Wisconsin and the UP and over in uh, Montreal, Quebec. And he he's busting my balls. I'm gonna go figure this out. You keep well, talking. I got your back. Sorry, interrupted. But yeah. I did so, the same thing. Yeah. price was an issue. It's it's either price or priority. What's your priority in life? Is your priority in life to drive a brand new, yeah. uh, jacked up pickup? And um, you know. Yeah, but five years later, where's that pickup? I mean, well, ten exactly. years later, where's that house? You've always got that experience. I, I'll, I'll tell you, and that's a, and and believe that's the best point right now, is, you know. My whole theory in life is, you know, God made a beautiful earth. And I'm not doing him any justice or me any justice by not seeing it. And and I made up my mind a long time ago, and I have a good buddy at home that travels a lot. And, and I said, you know, I am not going to sit in my in my rocking chair or at the old folks' home reminiscing about that one wonderful day at work because I never took a chance to go somewhere. I I I finally looked, and today, just because of my wife saying, just check into it. Maybe we can do it. I, I can stand there, and when I go, put, they put me in the old folks' home. I can sit there, and I can think of watching the sunset in South Africa and listening to the baboons yeah. fight behind me. I can I can sit there, and I can talk about and tell everybody about what the. Uh, Sonora Desert looked like in old Mexico exactly. after an you inch bet. and a half Absolutely. rain, and that and that saguaro cactus swelled yep. up to almost twice its size. You know, I can I can tell them about standing in Tajikistan and watching that sunset or that sunrise over the Afghanistan mountains. I can you know Forever. I can I can stand there and I can sit there and I can say, in my mind, I'll remember standing in the boreal forest in Alberta, Canada, looking out oh, across the sea. Oh, he's mentioned some pretty cool names here, Brad. Just you, know, yep. you know, I like yep. it. Looking over boreal, a sea a, name, a bazillion miles Absolute. of the tallest trees with my son and watching yep. the sunset across that. Yep. And and that's just stuff. You know, would I like to go have a four or $5,000 lift kit and all this and big tires and wheels? Sure, that'd be cool. But it's uh, it, you know it totally breaks my heart. Sometimes I'll have guys come in my office, and that, you know the the thing about it is, is I'll say, well, you know, one of these days, you know, I'm really one of these days. I'd love to just go on a good, you know, horseback wilderness elk hunt. I'd like, to, you know, do one it. of these days I'll go do that. You know, and you know the sad thing about it is, is that that theory, that process, you know, one of these days I'll go, one of these days I'll go. You stand statistically. 95 to 100 percent chance that you ain't gonna make it. I mean, it's it's like it's like Chick Fil A on a Sunday. It don't work. Yeah. And 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 you, 
unless you take the time <laughs> and make a plan. I like that you, little parody. You know, make, make a plan. You know, set it right now. I mean, if you want to go on a horseback elk hunt, man, this is the best opportunity in the world. You better we get offer, on it too, because it's not—it's not getting yeah. easier. To oh get, no, it's not getting it, easier. And and I mean, it's a challenge. It's just like right now. I look at like that. That I was just the other day on the website, and I looked at that in British Columbia, and I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, that one's. Yeah. That is crazy. That is an experience of a lifetime. You're on a horseback in British Columbia. And you could add a moose for eight grand. I, I'm just like sitting there drooling on that. And there's people out there like, I ain't going to do it. Well, here's how you do it. Set it down. Set, I mean, two okay. years. Start. Yeah, two years, three start. years. Two, put put a thousand. Put two thousand dollars. Whatever you I'm gonna think. I'm going to interrupt you can do this it. for a commercial moment. Help hunt expedition layaway plan. We want you to be able to take advantage of our hunt expedition layaway plan. We have an amortization schedule on our software that you can pick a deposit and pick a payment, and it'll get you there. We want to help you prepare, plan, and go. We want to help you help yourself. You bet. And, and going back to what Ryan had just said, the first step is set a goal. Think yeah, about it. it. Just like say, what would I like to do? Well, you know, it's like right now someone out there is probably going, well, you know, I, you know, well, I want to go ahead and get me a $12,000 zero-turn lawnmower. Well, hey, I tell you what, <laughs> stick with the $2,000 one. You're just mowing the grass anyway. And when you're 90 years old, that's the last thing you're going to remember is how nice that zero-turn mower was. But I'll guarantee you, you're going to remember. Don't you sell 12000 Oh, yeah, and 17 and 15 and Oh, yeah. But I, I, mean, I still think that. When you're in, when you're 90 years old sitting I'm in the rocking like, chair. I'm, I'm supposed like, to say that. I'm like, wait a minute. Here's a sales executive yeah. for one of the highest-level brands in all of the world. And and. and he says, buy the two thousand dollar one. Yeah, because go you, hunting. Uh, hey, invest in a two. Buy two thousand. Invest the difference. In I mean, well, let's face buy it. Buy term. Invest the difference. No, buy <laughs> cheap mowers. Buy a cheap mower and invest in. Hunting. Let's face it. You don't like mowing the grass anyway. I mean. You know, no, I guarantee right. you, when you're 90, that's the last thing that's you're going to be talking about. I was mowing the grass, but I'll guarantee you, you nice remember. Mower, but I didn't see. You'll remember sitting in South Africa watching the sunset in South Africa as as pristine as it can get, and hearing baboons fight each other in the background. I guarantee you, you'll remember that. Yeah, that's awesome. So, so <laughs> you you've got my mind spinning. I love your enthusiasm, and I love your passion. I was. Uh, when I got out of when I got out of college, I went to work for a place called Louis Finer Meats in Cumberland, Wisconsin. Okay, those are real names, Brad. Anyway, um, not just cool sounding ones. So anyway, um, I'll never forget. I used to think that same thing all the time. Guys would come in, and they'd have three or four buddies. Yep. And they were from Minneapolis, St. Paul, or down in southern Wisconsin somewhere. And they would come up to northern Wisconsin, and there would be three or four of them. And they'd pull in, and they'd have their pickup. And they would have a new pickup. Yep. And they would have 80 acres that three of them went in and bought together. Yep. And they'd stop in and put their meat order in for their groceries, for their hunting cabin, for deer season opener. And it would be $1,000, $1,200. And they'd get ribeye steaks this thick and T-bones and all this stuff. I'm not and, seeing the problem and, with this story. And then, I'm and liking then they would it go, so far. Then they would go over next door, and they would load up because we had a liquor store right next door. And they'd be $500 worth of booze. 
And then they would get it all loaded up into their new fancy pickup with the big wheels and the jacked-up yep. system. And then they would go, and they would go to just north. There was this place called the um, Island City's Gentleman Club. I don't think we want to hear and, this uh, um, I don't know what ever <laughs> happened in there. Allegedly, there were girls in there. But anyway, it, I do know the neon sign said girls, 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 okay? And then that truck would be sitting right there when we get And so then they would go every night and go to the local bar, right? By the time they were up there, they spent three, $4,000 to go deer hunting. Wow. Then they would drop off their deer at a company called Island City Processing that I owned. And they would go, you want 35 bucks to butcher my deer? <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit, that's outrageous. Yeah. That's highway robbery. Wait, remember, I work at Louis. I just saw what you did all week long. <laughs> and then, so then they'd go, they'd drop them off, and they, 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 then they, they wouldn't come pick them up. Yeah. They wouldn't even come pick their deer up. And I used to scratch my head. If that's what hunting is, then I don't know if that, that's the hunting I want to do. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Because, Absolutely. because what you just said was, what if I didn't have a truck payment? What if I didn't buy those extra T-bones? What if I did? And I went and saw the world and went hunting, and that's what I did too. I decided to do the same thing. Yep. And I booked my first hunt at 22 years old and never looked back. Yep, yep. That, I mean, we got back from South Africa. We landed, got in a Suburban. It probably had 150,000 miles on it, and we drove home and was glad we did it. And you know what? Mm -hmm. I look back today, and I look at the money that we spent on that trip, like I said, which was not that bad in the whole scheme of things Great. over the course of two and a half, near three years of, of planning it. Uh, I don't notice that it's gone. Right. Yeah. You know. So, so yeah. I, I have a couple right. more questions for you here. Um, how many kids do you have? Six kids. Okay. Whoa. And uh, um, you have six kids. Six kids. I have two boys, four girls. And and what's the age range? Uh, my oldest son is thirty years old, and my youngest daughter is thirteen. Wow, I, that's a range. Yeah, we adopted our two boys, and we adopted our our son Daniel, and uh, he's thirty. And then we have uh, Renee, and he's twenty one. And then I have a daughter that's twenty. And then I got a daughter that's 17, fixing on being 18. I got a daughter that's uh, 14, will be 15 next year, and a daughter that's 13. Wow. So, so, if, so I just think it's interesting because it's all about beliefs and priorities. It's, it's what our life's about. Yeah. It really is, right? Yeah. And my mom, she's you know, a little German lady, grew up with a Bible in one hand and a wooden spoon in the other. And I believe that that was her message her entire life was yeah. beliefs and priorities. Yeah. And she was going to push the beliefs into me and then instill them with a little prioritization of the, yeah, yeah. the, yeah. the wooden, wooden spoon. spoon. Does wooden that spoon. make sense? Yeah. And now we say, oh, we, we might offend our children. Oh, no, no. That's why they're shooting people. Yeah, exactly. Because they don't have the right beliefs and don't have the right priorities. It, it, exactly. And that's why people go broke, you know, they're, they're in debt up to their eyeballs. Yep. We'll save some money and go yep. hunting. Yep, yep. You, you know, you don't see people that go uh, hunt and cut up deer, um, shoot people and mug little old ladies at Walmart. Exactly. They don't do it. Exactly. You set that hunt. If that's a dream of yours that you want to go and sit in your rocking chair thinking about, and you set that priority, and, you know, if it means, you know, if it means, you know, mowing a couple yards after work, or if it means, you know, doing $2,000 zero, yeah, time, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, doing something a little extra to pay that $200 a month or whatever for that hunt, then I'll guarantee you, you're going to appreciate it. Hmm. So, so 
so wh- now you you've talked to me before about this, but what? So you decide to do this. You pick up the phone. You call a booking agency. Mm, on the south, on the uh, uh, South African one, I did not. I can actually, I actually will tell you this: a learning adventure on that. I Googled on that deal. And I, I can remember talking to one, having one outfitter write me, email me, and say, well, enjoy the searching process. That's whole, the whole fun part of the adventure. And I kind of scratched my head, and I thought, really? Because it ain't seeming that fun right now. You know, it's kind of daunting. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so you, don't you even Googled, know what to ask. You Googled yep. that one, what and it was right daunting. And then the next one, you decided to use a booking agent. I used a booking agent going into Tajikistan, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and – um, and your perception of a booking agency, tell us that story because you, you told know, me. That was I, – I, I came back from South Africa in uh, 14, and I built up a, des- a burning desire to go after Ibex. Like, you can't imagine. And so I spent, oh, research and studied and read. And I, I would start – I started looking for hunts in about 2016 for for. T- Tajikistan, Kyrgyzstan is what I was looking at. And I really didn't understand. I mean, that was my whole deal. I really didn't understand the booking agent's process. So I was talking and messaging back and forth, emailing outfitters in Kyrgyzstan, in Tajikistan. And they, you know, I, I, I would talk to them. And, you know, that was a bad thing about it is, is there's enough time difference. You'd send them an email and think, well, surely they can answer this. Well, the time delay Right, mm-hmm. you're you're yep. getting up in the morning. Thirteen hours to, later, yeah, they're yep. going to bed. You wasn't going to get an email for twenty four to thirty six hours back. And I finally one day I'd read something or I did, and I had looked at a at at some. I looked at a booking agent, and I had this perception that oh, how do they make? How does that work? That's going to cost more. Mm-hmm. That's going to cost more than just going directly to the outfitter. I mean, you know, I'm adding a middleman in there. And I got to looking, and no, it was all about the same. You know, I was just, it was all about the same price. And I thought, well, maybe. So I called, and I, I booked, uh, ended up booking a hunt. And uh, that was in December of 2019. And they'd done a lot of this research and filtered for you, didn't they? Absolutely. And it was the same cost. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was the same cost. I mean, it was down to the almost I mean, we're, we're talking about within $200. Yeah, well, because the the the, the outfitter pays the booking agents a commission. Absolutely. And you didn't understand that. No, which did is, not. You, you would, how would you know? Yep, did not. And so, learned well, enough out of that experience. I, w- I don't think I would ever I, – I would never go definitely overseas on a hunt without a booking agent. Wouldn't do it. Right, because it's not just the uh, um, it's not just the hunt and the outfitter they find for you. It's also, hey, we need to get you over this. When you're traveling, here's your list. Absolutely. What you're going on here. You know, if something goes wrong on the mountain, if something goes wrong over there, you have a connection back here mm-hmm. on the states, and you have a commitment. If they're a good agency, yep. you have a commitment from that agency where they have a resource for you to get in touch with yep. and, and work with. Just like we – I mean, we have a full-time staff. You've mm-hmm. met them all in yep. here. Every time you're in here, there's – I mean, this doesn't – this business model doesn't happen without at least nine Exa- bucks a day. Yep, exactly. You know, um, supporting it. The, that's, the, that's the other thing about that whole deal exaggeration, was nine bucks. A day. Remember, I I booked that in December of 2019, and you know, I was I thought I was off to the races, and you know, I was working out and I was pumped for that hunt, and I was boy, I was getting prepared. I mean, I started getting prepared in January. And I mean, it, we're, we're sixteen thousand foot mountains sound yeah. even steeper we, when you're in Kansas. Yeah, <laughs> they do. Yeah, when you're at three thousand feet, three thousand one hundred fourteen. When you, you know, and the hunt was going to be for December twenty twenty. Now, mind you, here we Holy go. Holy cold! 
here we go, here we go, March 2020, and the whole world went to pot. You right. know, and everything got shut down. Now I'm going to tell you if what I happened in 2020. Well, there was a deal called the Rona, the COVID, oh, the COVID-19. Right. You know what I figured out? There was a problem in our society. People buy bottled water. Um, I went into a place today to get my um, one of some of my employees a pizza, and uh, um, I said, I said, can I get some water? And they said, yeah, there's bottles of water in the, in the machine. And I went over there and looked her in the the cooler. I couldn't find them. I said, there's no water in there. They said, yeah, they're, they're blue bottles right between the Gatorade. I looked in there and I'm like, oh man, they disguise them. They look like soda now. And I realized that I was old enough to know that they never sold bottled water when I was a kid. They didn't Absolutely. have such a thing. Something? Does that make sense? Yeah. We had a drinking fountain. Mm-hmm. And then so I said to the kid, I said, listen, I said, I just want you to know I'm old enough that we didn't have bottled water when I was a kid. Well, you drank it out of a drinking fountain. It was free. And what it did was it, uh, it built your immune. We were tough. We were tougher than hell, and we wouldn't have died from corona um, because we all had it because we give it to each other. Hey, the we- kid looked at me and goes, not funny. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, you little punk. It's a little bit you. funny. It's, it's a lot funny. We, you, you would have drank <laughs> from the Spearfish Creek when you were a kid if you'd have lived oh, here. Dude, and I like everybody all, else. You, how much did, did you ingest out of just uh, sheer right. tubing down the creek, right. and, and your buddy stuck your head under, and you swallowed a tank? Drinking full of out of the we street would, gutter after a rainstorm. <laughs> <laughs> we would work on. I would work. We were on just a farm. tougher than these shitheads. Yeah. I would work on a farm, and, and at that time, you took a water jug, and it was communitized. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. <laughs> and, and if if somebody else drank theirs first, yeah, yours was free. Here's so so and so. It's working with you, and he's got a mouthful of skull in his mouth, and he's over there spitting and slobbering hey, and drinking all the water juice. That's winter. That's did winter you bale hay grow up, growing up? up? Did you well, bale hay? I had some. Yes. Did, did they have square bales where yeah. you went and racked it on mm-hmm. the side? They did so, then. Not so many now. South Dakota, they don't get this shit at all. I watched them yesterday, and they were and and they literally drop them on the ground, and then they drive around behind and pick them up afterwards. I'm like, that tells me why South Dakota has really been stuck in the dark. I mean, they don't even know how to bale hay here, for God's sakes. (laughs) They know how to bale. Just a different shape. I I was like, yeah, well, no, these were square bales. Um, Oh, they were. So you you had a table behind your baler that shoot them out onto a rack, like a wagon. Well, we either they were either kick bales, thirty-five to forty-five pounds, where you kicked them into a basket, and then we unloaded them at the rack. Or they were 60 to 70 pounds, and they were square bales. And, yes, and it wasn't a table. It was called Whatever. A, a, yeah, yeah, a hay know. rack. Yeah. Hay rack. And, and uh, we would just pull them on there. And then when they came off, you stacked them. And these poor suckers were making it three times harder. Than yeah, when I summer. outgrew the hay square bale lifting part, my dad got a uh, – he's got the grapple. Oh. So, you can do, so you can do piles of them. Just go a bale, a bale yeah. caddy. Yeah. yeah. That's slick, and then it yep. just and then you just hydraulic grabs them, and then you <laughs> lift them up onto the trailer. That's yeah. how he does it. Still more. Oh yeah, I suppose if you don't have a kid that would do it for three cents a bale. But listen, so the, my my love for paying for hunting started super early. I would go bale hay all summer long because I could go buy ot traps and one and a half ot coil springs uh-huh. yeah. to run my trap line. Yep. And, and gas in my vehicle and buy a truck mm-hmm. and a motorcycle and a three-wheeler. Mm-hmm. I thought when I was 16, I was the coolest guy at cat in the world because I had a flatbed four-wheel drive pickup, 1970 Chevy. I had a three-wheeler, and oh, yeah. I had a 125 Suzuki that ran good. <laughs> and I could go run all seasons, run a trap line, yep. and kill shit all year long. So I, I had a three-wheeler, and I'd go run a trap line. Oh, of course, I'd say trap line. It was like three traps. but And that, yeah. I actually trapped my, my first coyote 
running checking traps off of a three wheeler. Now I don't know. He must have been the dumbest coyote on the face. Yeah, the that doesn't matter. I've caught <laughs> yeah. some real stupid animals too. I caught a couple blind ones. I caught a couple ugly ones. Yeah. but that doesn't matter. Yep. Mangy Yo, doesn't matter. Yeah. Hey, the fact of the matter is they stepped in my trap. So what I was your did. favorite adventure <laughs> so far? Oh, they all have a very, very, very special part to me. You know, uh, the South Africa was really, really great. The Tajikistan deal, there was a whole lot of work. Well, the travels it. work. Yeah, that, that, that wasn't travels a hunt. challenging. That was an expedition Yeah, is what that was. It's, it's cool because you got, you know, you got, a, you got a big, long flight. Yeah. And then you got a big, long drive from yep. Duchambe. Yep. And, and then, then we and did. Then, and then you camp. You know, I mean, you get to see the culture. Did you spend, did you spend a night? Uh, in town before we, you left? We, yeah, we did before we left. When we got there, we landed there at 4-ish in the morning. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then, you know, we get all our gear and everything. And then we drove, we drove to, we got in the car and it just instantly went to driving. Right, so and a 20-hour drive. Yeah, we didn't well, go quite not, to the premieres. Yeah, we, we because were you didn't have to lower. go as far because you were just, you were on uh, IBEX. Yeah. They, so what, what was yours, like 15-hour drive? No, mine was about six hour drive. So you were just yeah, you didn't have to go to the Marco Polo. And then and then once we got we got out, we got there, we got out, unpacked, grabbed a bite to eat, repacked, got in the vehicle, went another hour. I mean this is all on the same day. Got out and then we I mean this was hardcore hiking. I mean this was hardcore, about as hardcore as with, you can you hunted with who Kelly used to guide for. Absolutely, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And yep. uh you know, we went we we took off hiking Oh, geez. We didn't even make it to, to our spike camp out there. We ended up just throwing sleeping bags out on the ground and just sleeping right there on the ground under the stars, you know. And, and it, it taught me a whole appreciation. Cool. It got to maybe about 20 that night because we weren't in the higher elevation. But uh, it, it, it taught me a whole appreciation for those people over there. Those are the toughest people. Mm. They that, are tough. Uh, they, I mean, they, they they're they're so not tough. wearing Kenny trucks. No, they, <laughs> they were, which was mind-boggling to me, just a rubber boot. And I don't mean insulated. I don't mean anything. I'm talking about just a rubber boot, like what you'd put. I mean, just a, like a monk boots are even nicer than this. Wow. And they would wrap their feet in the morning. You like the rags. rubber boots you'd buy when we were a kid in the '70s? Yes, o- overshoes. Yeah, they would. They would wrap their we'll feet. They would wrap their feet in rags. Just sit there and wrap them, and then put those boots on. They were maybe two, probably two sizes bigger than what they needed. And, and they couldn't understand why we were wearing good boots because those boots, being about two sizes too big, would flex over rocks. And, boy, them people were like mountain goats. Yeah. Mm. Wow. <coughs> yeah, they can, they can cruise at 15,000 feet, can't they? Oh, yeah, absolutely. These people, i tell you how, to, just to give you an idea how tough they were, you're sitting there with your backpack on, your Kenetrek boots. You got everything you think you might need in that backpack. You know, you got a snack, and then you got your rifle, and you got all of this extra stuff in there. And they'd have a little bitty knapsack with nothing more than just some little bit to eat. They didn't even hardly drink water. And they would start out, you'd start out the day with your backpack on them with their knapsack on. And by the end of the day, they would have their knapsack, your backpack, your rifle, their hands in their pocket, walking up a hill smoking a cigarette. (laughs) Right? Smoking too. The Russians, <laughs> when I went to Russia, same thing. It was a they, whole different deal, They would sit it? down, and we'd be on these cliffs, and I'd be like, man, this was supposed to be like the Brooks Range. This is more like the Alaska Range. And I'm looking off these sheer cliffs, and they're like, we're just going to hop over there, there, and there. And they called it hop. 
And they, I bring your garbage, they say. Yeah. Because they call all your gear garbage. Yeah. And they did the same thing. They had this little old pack that looks like something you'd get out yeah. of oh, yeah. Walmart field yeah. in the stream. And they'd have their sandwich, and they would more be worried, more worried about their pack of cigarettes. You'd yeah. sit down. You'd be huffing and puffing. Those guys would be like smoking yep. a cigarette. Um, and I'd be like, holy smokes. Yep. It's ridiculous. But their mindset was like, you know, hey. Yeah, no big deal. No big I don't, deal. I don't, it's nothing. If you we know. don't get home tonight, we're okay. We'll get home tomorrow. Well, we packed sleeping bags. And now, mind you, the first night, we didn't even make it to camp. So we just laid out there on the ground. Well, I had a sleeping bag. They just laid out on the ground, on the dirt. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I mean <laughs> – and and it had been. Now, it was warm when we were there. It, it had a little warm front move in. A week before, it was zero. Well, it had been the same way. They just wow. laid her out on the ground. But isn't that cool, all those memories yeah. that you have from that? Yeah. I mean, that's, it, it's just different. So, is it, this a during COVID year? This, this was, was? That was well, that's where I was going earlier. You know, I booked that hunting in December 19, and then COVID hit. Now, if I would have booked directly with an outfitter in Tajikistan – or Kyrgyzstan, or wherever I would have picked a hunt from. Let me tell you, when everything went to shutdown, I'll guarantee you, you would have some serious regrets knowing that you had money down on uh, a hunt yeah. over there with, with yeah. some outfitter that really has a hard time communicating with you anyway. And, you know, you really have, I mean, you'd send them an email, and it's, you know, a, a two days later before you get something back. And that's right there. That gave me peace of mind on that. And, you know, it's like right now. I'm sure out there right now, I'm sure there's guys listening that maybe in 2020 or maybe in 2021, maybe they put money down on a brown bear hunt in Russia or a deer hunt in Ukraine. And, you know, one's got to wonder, you know, you know they're sitting there worried about that, you know. And at least with a booking agency, there's a little bit of security. Hey, we got your yep. back, everything exactly. like that. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, it, it's worth the peace of mind just – Bar none, worth the peace of mind. Yeah, I would just wish they would open Russia up, just the hunters, and uh, Putin and Biden can go pee on each other because I want to go hunting. We over promise there. not to bring any cannabis. What are those uh, vapes cartridges? We'd be okay. You think? Uh, yeah, whatever. She <laughs> already she already denounced her uh, citizenship once. Oh, now. we don't need to worry about her then. Yeah, no, I think you know, I, and I think we should save every single American if they're happy with us or not. They're Americans, yep. but but she she didn't want to even have the flag. Um, right. So oh, yeah, I'm I'm good with her sitting there and thinking about it for a while. You know, let's consider what we need to do. And so she yeah. might like to flag more when she gets home. Yeah, I think so. Maybe. Hey, here's the contract. We'll bring you home. You wrap yourself up in a flag and you start <laughs> teaching the Pledge of Allegiance of America yeah, yeah, that's every damn morning at your <laughs> school. Okay. Um, and that that'd be my idea anyway. So I, you know what is. I think there's three things that hold people back, and maybe they don't understand what the 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 money. Absolutely, it's the money. Absolutely, I already said that. And you did. I'm just reiterating. Okay. Was, was there want, you're you going to do is, three. Was there, was you got to trump me, don't you? No, you got to have. Three. I'm trying to contribute to this. I did too. And, and I'm have to have reiterating. Three. Okay. Okay. I'll money? shut up. You go ahead. No, wrap go it up. Ahead. <laughs> Ra- wrap kidding. it up, Brad. Yeah, go ahead. It. 
I, I think you money. do you, you do you, brother. I don't even know what you're talking about right now, but go for it. You, well, I just was pointing out I had two, and you're going to trump me. You're no, gonna, I wasn't trying to trump in. you. I was trying yeah. to wrap this up and ask him some opinions. And you're in this uber sensitive doctor mode. You must have had a bad day with somebody in your chair. Um, uh, we won't talk about that. Yeah, um, uh, I don't know. I'm just the guy trying to run a podcast. Money, money's the big one, though. Yeah. Money's money. Is it part is. of fear, it, though. Yeah. Money yeah. goes back to okay, fear. Okay, let me right? re- let me repreface this. As Brad was saying earlier, the <laughs> Almighty One, money is probably one of the big obstacles that people have sure. a misnomer about, yeah. right? Yeah. Number two would be what Brad said. Also, would be the unknown, the fear Absolutely. of the unknown. What you know, the the murky waters. Yeah. It's like um, it's like I've seen guys. We would take him to the Mississippi to go skiing from Wisconsin. And Minnesota, and they'd be like, you're going to jump in a river and go skiing? And we'd be like, yeah, we're going to water ski out here. And they'd be like, uh, we can't see down in the water. I didn't never understood that concept until I moved to northern Wisconsin. You could see down on the lake 20 feet. So what's your little fear acronym? So false evidence appearing real is right, what right, fear right, right. is. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, See, he's submissive yeah. to my little fear yeah. acronym. I like it. Mighty, yeah. um, over there. Anyway, <laughs> I so, didn't come up so with that one. Well, that's pretty good. Yeah. As Brad would say, the unknown. And then what Brad meant to say, number three, and I just subliminally grabbed it from him because I wouldn't want to have him feel bad, um, <laughs> is the perception of all of it, the perception of travel, the perception of the money, the perception of the unknown, oh, the yeah. perception that it's giant money. Yeah. You got to tip these guys. The travel's insurmountable. And I know that kind of is all unknown, but we build this big obstacle yep. of all these misconceived perceptions. Absolutely. Now there's the new BS protocol of COVID. And traveling right. in and out of countries. Yeah. It's, it's more of a pain in and the And you're not going to get back. You're yeah. not going to, oh, what if I get COVID over there? That's what they told us when we, Brad and I went to Mexico, right? Actually, during, it was 2020, wasn't it? It was during, it was, yeah, because it was a big deal down there because they were, they were letting us in, but Canada wasn't, and we just went. Yeah, because we could go into Mexico, but we had to test to get oh, you know back into was? the States. It was February of 2021, so it was only two months after 2020. And it was still that yeah. big, you have to test. Yeah. Well, um, and then we were told, oh, you just buy a test. They just give you false ones. You can buy a positive yeah. result. Well, we found out that was bullshit when we got there. Yeah. The two gringos were going, oh, wait, was, we got to find a real test here. I was so happy that my buddy from Iowa could speak a little bit of Spanish. Because <laughs> this, this gringo spe- speaks a none. We found Zero. A place, I just talk louder. We found a place, if you, if you want to... Uh, go Google this in um, uh, Navajoa, Mexico. Because what we did was we went on the sheep hunt. And then, because I've been there several times, yeah. I was like, well, I didn't know COVID was going to create this obstacle for us. It was just kind of like, well, these are the good old Renting days. a car was we an went obstacle. Rented, oh, I mean, there was everything. We rented, rented a car. The, everything had changed with yeah. COVID. So anyway, we rented a car, drove five and a half hours to another town, spent a week there, three, four days, and then drove back. Well, the fact of the matter is once we left that outfitter and got out of Hermosillo, it wasn't as easy as a guy thought it was because now we are out of the American travel group. Right. So we had to find a we place. We were going across. We, I mean, the interstates, the interstates down there, we'd go through reservations and they'd – 
pull, <laughs> they'd pull a – oh, there's Wake Up. Yeah, they pulled a little they rope across. They would try to stop us and do a shakedown. Th- th- this is what I learned coming back from Tajikistan because I didn't have to have a, I didn't have to have a shot to go to Tajikistan. Uh-huh. But, and I, you know, I had to have a negative COVID test to go over there, and that was no problem. And – but coming back into the states, they had narrowed down your time frame for a COVID test. To, I don't know what it is, 24 hours, 36 hours. And I knew I was going to have to pay to have a COVID test in Tajikistan. And I was all, I was thinking, oh, man, this is going to be bad. I, I can tell you, I don't know how much, and this is what you got to realize in some of these more, I don't, I hate to use the word third world, but poverty-stricken countries. I don't know how much a, a COVID test cost in Tajikistan. But a negative one cost forty five dollars. Oh, see, we didn't have that yeah, option. Yeah, we don't. No, they, so they, we said, had the same problem. We had to get on the airplane, and mm-hmm. we were coming back, so we had to get one. So we went in, and the guy says it'll take about an hour to come back, and we had to pay. It was forty five bucks, negative or positive. It was, it was 40, 40 bucks because we tried to give him a hundred, and he wouldn't take the extra. Oh, that's, that's right. right. Remember, he was really no. He was like, no, no. No, this oh. is official. Official. O- official. Yeah. You know, and he was so like he all took proper. Oficiales. He gave us. Yeah, you know, we tried to bribe him, back. I think. We li- mm-hmm. uh, tried to be illegal, but we yep. couldn't. He wouldn't even let it. I think he was a good Christian wow. guy, unlike us. Um, <laughs> anyway, so. Brian Brian heard the right <laughs> words that he knew. And, he was and like, I'm like, I know right where it. we're going, Brian. <laughs> and, and I was like, yeah. And we found it. And we got it. And we got on the airplane. And we were never so happy. We know La Recha, I remember. That's right. Brian's like, I got it, Brad. I know right where it's at. <laughs> oh yeah. So anyway, go ahead. You were gonna say something. Well, I, you know, I was gonna say, I, you know, that's the the COVID deal has kind of, it, it really had never hamstrung me on a deal until coming back from Canada this year. And you know, it, I mean, you just need to know ahead of time. You know, we had to get a COVID test, and everybody said, well, it's at the airport. Well, our flight was at six thirty in the morning. Well, that's fine. We get to the airport at three thirty, but the COVID test people don't to do the COVID test at the airport. They don't show up till. 5.30, and yeah. that that can really run your day right there. We didn't even know. We got to the airport, and then there, we saw that there was a place we had to We spent a right half there. a day looking for this little clinic. Oh, my gosh. And we didn't, you know, my Spanish was not enough to navigate <laughs> us to there, but, but they had it right at the airport. Yeah. So that would have been easier in hindsight. Now we know. Yeah, it's just crazy. They, they You know what? I just I, – I wish for more people to take the leap of faith – you know, you're sitting on your couch. What a story. Your wife says, do you know what it's going to cost? You said, no way, I couldn't afford it. You hit all three of these boxes. Yeah. Money, the unknown, and negative perception of uh, um, booking agents or, or trying to find a good deal. You went ahead and did it anyway. You told your wife, you two fly over there. She shoots animals. You shoot animals. Yep. Yep. And now you've been living an adventure life ever since. Absolutely. So was, Absolutely. The, was the travel, like, because some of these big travels that you had, did you – did you find them part of the adventure, or did you find them a hindrance? Uh, I found them all part of the adventure. Yeah, part you of know, the adventure. that's the cool thing about when you go it's actually out, the cake, of, yeah, uh, yeah, out of the country to hunt. When you, when you leave out of the country to hunt, the adventure starts when your front door closes. And, and, and you know, once <laughs> that, God, once that front door on. closes, I'll guarantee you it's an adventure. And, and getting to some of these places is an adventure. Uh, you know, is it bad? No, not really. Tad bit challenging, you know. But, you know, when you're sitting in a – airport in istanbul you know hey that was part of the experience that was the most beautifulest airport in the world how many it looked people like can ever say mall. they've done that i mean seriously how many people can ever say oh they've yeah done that? yeah and and, and the, the, i have a lot of people just look at me like i'm just stir crazy because i want to go on these places and they're worried about someone's going to attack me and someone's going to kidnap me and somebody's going to do that man let me tell you the one thing that these countries know to do 
is protect and watch out They're for an banker. American American tourist. <laughs> They're bankers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because well, I mean, you're their you're, revenue. You're their revenue, and that's the last thing they want is their country to be in the news because you got kidnapped or you something bad happened. That's a really so good point. You've gone from being a little can a little town, small town Kansas yeah. hunter, mm-hmm. yeah, traveling all the, all over the world, right? And now, you've even taken it a step further. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 And and you know I've done uh, like I said Canada uh, Canada New old Mexico South 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 Africa uh, you know uh, 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 Tajikistan yeah I when I told people I was going to Tajikistan they kind of looked at me like holy cow this has got Stan in the back of it so they <laughs> were already worried you know I think they were going around collecting money because I had a ransom put on my head over there or something but. But yeah, they were, oh, yeah. Sending, they were sending Misty, I'm sorry, notes. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and you got back and you told them the most dangerous part was driving. Yeah, it really was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was just, it was just, yeah, drive. Jet, I'll tell you what the most dangerous part was. I come back and I had the worst case of jet lag I've ever had in my life. Mm-hmm. I mean, it took me two years, two, two years, it took me two, uh, two weeks to get over the jet lag. So you don't sleep like my buddy Brian does on a plane, just like you sit down and no, close no, your eyes and you're no, out. No, they uh-uh. think I have narcolepsy because I start or, or sleep apnea because I can start dreaming immediately, and they are right. <laughs> I, I guess if that's the uh, the uh, scientific uh, explanation, Brian was so frostbitten that his feet, our feet were just swollen up, and I was like laying there, or I was sitting there, and I was like, you know, you're just fidgeting like this, and I airdrop. To Brian, I'm like, man, how you doing? And he's he's asleep. He's passed out already. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. He's just going. Yeah, before the plane even goes up, that was that was 20, 18 years of traveling for business. <laughs> you learn just to go. Uh, I I'm, I just talked to my son. He just got back from uh, Vegas last night. I said, how was your trip? He, I, he called me when he got into Salt Lake, and he goes freaking crazy he goes i think the uh pilot left the seat and went bathroom three times you know coming out of the heat yeah. it's august right or it's july Rough. coming out of the heat in in uh in phoenix and he's like he goes i was scared for my life i was white knuckling he goes i think i burnt more calories holding onto my chair and worrying <laughs> then I'm, I'm like oh, you'll sleep good tonight so yeah lucas anyway. was apprehensive on the float plane too yeah, you know, some and of you that fell stuff. asleep on the float plane. Dude, I fall asleep. If, it's, if it says plane, <laughs> I'm know, out. The, 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 the flight oh, to oh, South oh, Africa oh. was like a 16-hour flight yeah. from Atlanta. A long flight. And, and, and Misty, she, I mean, that's, you know, she just doesn't like to fly. I mean, yeah, she does, but she don't like it. And, I mean, we know more and get off. I don't even think they got the wheels retracted on the plane yet, and she's asleep. <laughs> and I sit there the whole, the whole time. 16 hours and watched uh, well, I guess I, I I think I slept for maybe 30 minutes and watched movies and finally we're coming into South Africa and she's waking up and, and she, I said, she goes did you sleep I said nah 30 minutes she goes what'd you do I said well I I, I just watched movies what, what'd you watch uh you know I really don't know I watched so many of them <laughs> I, I really don't remember you know but that, that's what I did from um from Moscow to uh, Petro Plavosky, or however you pronounce yeah, it. Close. Um, I, uh, Petro, I, I, could, I don't know why. I sleep on all of them except for that one. I couldn't sleep. And so you were, you were jacked. You were ready to go shoot a I sheep. I was. And they, and that, yeah. 
And, that's and like, it, it was going. like when you were a little kid, you couldn't yeah. go to sleep that night yeah. until about an hour before it's time. You look with your the, face plastered against the plane window. And I had the best meal ever. They had duck on the plane. Oh, wow. Okay. They had duck. And I was like, dude, mashed potatoes, gravy, duck. They did have cooked carrots, which you know what's worse than cooked carrots, right? Nothing. nothing. No. Okay, there's nothing in this world worse than cooked <laughs> carrots. So well, anyway. You know, but Ryan, you know, I was just wanted to know what's next for you, you know, because now I think you're going to be helping people go on adventures you know and and really that's you know it's kind of like hunting you know there's a point in your life whenever you you go hunting and it's all about you and then there's a point where you mature and it's you're thrilled to take someone for the first time and watch a shoot their elk for the first time or shoot a deer the first time and and that's why i i I guess get a thrill out of helping people or talk to people or help them find a hunt or you know hey look this is how it is this isn't that bad let me walk you through this and i i have a real thrill for that i do have being a great hunter in a world adventure is making you a great advisor here yeah right? yeah i that's I, right it just enjoy it it's something it's it's a sad it's no, a you, personal satisfaction knowing that you help somebody else achieve that, that. Yeah. You, you just know? vetted an outfitter for us too yeah mm-hmm. and and we're going a little longer than we normally do in this podcast but i think this is important too you made a comment the other day about vetting him because you went up there hunted with him yeah then you said okay kelly Go do your deal. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And Kelly communicated with you. She went and did her deal. And then you called me up after she wrote it, and you, you talked about our adventure catalog. Oh, absolutely. Maybe you want to say something about that because I think a- our listeners would really like Absolutely. I would say right now, as a booking agency, bar any one of them in the world, we have the best adventure catalog. I mean, you get on our website, and you start looking at and and the number of hunts, vetted hunts. I mean, these are not just like, oh, you know, oh, Joe Blow the Outfitter just called in. And, and, you know, said, hey, will you list us and will you, you know, try to sell hunts for us? It, it's not that way. And we've got the most descriptive hunts. You know, when you start looking at a hunt in there, the best descriptions, the overview, we're down to the gear, what gear you need to take, the meals and everything. And Kelly is just unbelievably, it's just amazing. She's extremely thorough. A, 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 extremely thorough. I mean, she vets these people and visits with them and wants to know, you know, shot opportunity, you know. I mean, it clear I mean, clear down to what your you know, what the meals are. Are okay, are you cooking in the camp with a with a camp cook or what meals are they going to have to use a dehydrated Where meal where do you fly into? And How far do you drive the, after that? The descriptions that she types out and puts in there are just absolutely there is none, just because that's a hobby. It's always been a hobby of mine to sit and look at Dream, at hunt, dream on Hunts. Is look it's on the, actually outfitters. the best dream location in the world. Yeah, it <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> you you will not find it. better uh, descriptions. I, I, I look at our hunt catalog, and we own it. And I sit there and go, I just go to British Columbia, and then the Yukon, <laughs> and then the Northwest Territories. Oh. Or Brian Johnson the other day. He was hey, texting, we made he a goes, mistake, too. I, I had somebody cancel. He goes, he goes, I'm not using my time very productively, and he took a picture of his screen. <laughs> and it was, it was the adventure it was catalog. Yeah, it was a sheep hunt. It was sheep hunt. Yeah. He goes, so uh, i got to make I'm a correction, drooling. too, just not to interrupt you, but we uh, made a mistake on a podcast or two ago. Um, uh, Northwest Territories, um, we said that um, with all our communication, that non-residents, uh, I think we implied that non-residents could shoot grizzly bears, and that is not true. Non-residents cannot shoot grizzly bears in Northwest Territories. Only residents only. So anyway, uh, just a little. It's just uh, so not fair. Uh, just so not just fair. And so so did the guy who, because uh, I, I just didn't catch it. And uh, um, anyway, but uh, I just want to correct ourselves. We stand corrected. So, and we appreciate you telling us that too, listener. Um, uh, but anyway, go ahead. Um, 
I don't even remember where I was at on that. But Oh, the Adventure Catalog. Oh, the Adventure Catalog. I mean, there is no other booking agency, outfitter. The descriptions that even outfitters type in there and put in there are, are still nothing compared to what we have in there. It's just absolutely nothing. This is you can you could actually say you could go on there, pick a hunt, and every question that you would ask has already been answered. Now I know you'll still want to call and talk. You know, you can talk to Kelly, talk to an advisor, talk to anybody. But uh the the, the, the information on there is just and is just unbelievable for it and to be able to go in there and go to uh plant uh, the hunt planner is just where you can go in there and you can type in there and there's a lot of things to answer on the hunt planner but every one of those are fitting you towards that hunt and not only is it fitting you towards that hunt but it's fitting the outfitter towards the right right hunter yeah, you gotta too. be careful when you do that you might find some stuff you didn't think you needed to go hunt, yeah huh? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah your wife better be careful how much right. time you're yeah, spending on. There what are you looking at on your phone dear uh just hunting yeah i'm uh, looking at blue sheep hunting in nepal or something exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly well you know what we really appreciate you being here yeah. um i want to do another podcast sometime with your wife yep mm-hmm. um, yep. it'd be fun to do that and uh um brad and bleep and i really really appreciate that and uh, you coming in here. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we're, we're happy to have you. And uh, listen, if you're listening in, remember the hunting expedition layaway plan is something that, you know, you basically did on your own. Absolutely. You started saving money monthly yep. and yep. said, hey, we're going to go. And then time came and you went and did it. We say prepare, plan, and go. Okay. We're the gateway to your next adventure. That's what we'd like to be. $150 a year is our gold membership. What does that give you? Unlimited state applications. So if you live in Ohio, um, Iowa, Minnesota, we'll apply for you in those states too for your bear, your turkey, all that. And and we'll help you with a plan for your Western hunting. And if you want to go outside the West, you want to start looking at Canada, Mexico, uh, Tajikistan, yeah. Kyrgyzstan, uh, wherever in Asia, 150 bucks a year. 150 bucks a year. We prepare all that before you put a hunt plan on there the software has your states the whole map it shows where you're applying where you're not we can help you we want to be your gateway to your next adventure if fishing is your deal we are adding more fishing adventures every week to help you um, have better access to it remember service access value and education that's what we want to deliver we want to prepare you help you plan and go on that next trip of a lifetime Thank you for being here. Loved every minute of it. We greatly appreciate it. Brad Dito, as always, it's been a pleasure. Bleep, thank you. You bet. And here's a quick reminder. Subscribe to Hunt the World wherever you get your podcast. You'll find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and many of theirs. Share it with a friend. Tell somebody about this. We sure would appreciate it. Until next time, stay safe, be healthy, and happy hunting.